of yours he is stressing me out it's been listeners Justin and I started recording late today because Padfoot threw up also more importantly I arrived home from work I create them when I'm gone arrived home from work and there was stool (laughs) in his crate and also more throw up and now he's stressing me out, and he won't be quiet, <laughs> and he Aww. just does not want me to lay down. <sighs> is he a sick little fella, or is he just throwing a temper tantrum? I am unsure, to be honest. Um, <laughs> he... We we took him to the vet, like, three times. I say we. I took him to the vet. Like through three times, you, times. You and Luna took him to the vet. <laughs> right, exactly. Took him to the vet a couple times in the last couple weeks. Because um, he's been having some issues with his back right leg. And he, uh, I don't know, I don't know if he landed on it funny or something. But he, and he still is kind of cradling it. And, uh. Yeah, so he was on prednisone for that for a little bit, but, like, didn't seem to have any issue with the actual medication. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is today, right now, and I don't know if you can hear him, but he's huffing and puffing in the background. You can hear a little. Just coach. <laughs> so, that's Padfoot, everyone. Oh, Padfoot. Also, you nut. Yeah. Also, hi everyone. Welcome back to Faking It. Oh. <laughs> we're we're touching base with our friends in the restaurant industry and how things are going with the pandemic going on. So it's been another terrible week, right, Jess? It sure has. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. First of all, our topic this week is going to be closures that are due to the pandemic. Yes, thank you. I'm so sorry. Yep. I'm so distracted by him. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, closures that are due to the pandemic. Now, that being said, we are going to be speaking with my friend, my former co-worker, Christopher Alwis, who used to be the executive chef for Distill and Champagne, which most of our listeners will know closed pretty recently due to the pandemic. Uh, yeah. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about that experience and about what he's doing now and kind of how he perceives the future of restaurants to be looking, which I'm sure it's going to be a little bit different 
according to everyone we talked to, and I kind of can't wait to touch base yeah. with the community and how it's going. And that's our project for the summer. Now, that being said, so we have that coming. We also have a couple of voice memos from our other two founders of Two Week Media that we're going to visit right before we jump in with Chef Chris. And should I call him Chef Chris? You're welcome to. I have, you know, I been trying to make myself call him Chris and or Chris Christopher or whatever and I really struggle because I've called him Chef Chris the whole time I've known him so you're welcome to call him that if you want oh my gosh we will very exciting time see I know Um, thank you chef (laughs) yes chef yes chef (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah, I really have been trying to just call him Chris, but it feels very, very weird as somebody that used to work for him for five years. But anyway, <sighs> so uh, yes, we have those voice memos from our other two founders of Two Week Media. They're going to share with us some of their memories from Distill uh, in honor of it closing. So we'll hear those right before we jump in with Chris, but let's start with the terrible, horrible, dystopian game that we always start this with, which is <laughs> just how has your week been outside of terrible? Uh, you know, it was certainly a week. Um, I, for whatever reason, am like waking up now. Normally, I just sleep until the very last minute and then I get up and have to do something like I got up like in this in the morning before I have to go to work like I have time to like shower and like do my hair and then like eat a breakfast and like play some animal crossing before I even leave which is just insanity (laughs) normally I'm like I wake up I have to sprint into the shower and then I'm like okay time to go to work but now I'm like ah yes a beautiful Wednesday. <laughs> do, 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 do. Good morning. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. Does that mean you're getting old? It must. It's really the only <laughs> logical explanation. <laughs> yeah. But outside that's... of that, nothing very interesting to report. Heard. Just sleeping. What Just about you? Sleeping. Uh... It's been something. It's been a long week. The last few days have been okay. It's a little, it's just, it's just stressful. There's, uh, work has been very busy. And this is the longest work week I've worked since being back, which is fine. It was to be expected. It's just contributing to me being tired. (laughs) right yeah I wanted to come home from work today and eat food and relax until we were going to record and then have been dealing with Padfoot for the last hour (laughs) and I'm just a little bit stressed and yesterday I went to the Black Lives Matter walk with uh, Beth who you guys will hear from in her voice memo and my friend Dom who was in our first episode And it was, you know, it was a hot day. It was sunny. But it was a really, really 
cool, really, really touching, well-organized, very cool event. It was organized by the people at Pain for Peace, and it was really, really cool. They went from Hessel Park up to Prospect, down to Bradley, and then there was, like, a loop like back up to Hessel Park and it was you know I had to you know because I spoke to you yesterday but I had to leave Mm -hmm. so that I could get ready to go to work afterwards but it was a really cool experience and I know this isn't really our wheelhouse generally but I haven't shared a whole lot on the podcast pages this week because it just didn't feel appropriate in light of everything going on. And like I said, this isn't our subject matter, but I think it's important to support things that are important to us and important to our community. And that was just a really cool experience. I keep saying that. It was emotional. Um <laughs> my head was kind of scattered afterwards we stopped at intersections people did spoken word talked about Aaliyah Lewis and everything going on with the Urbana Police Department which if you don't know about that please look it up it's so interesting I don't want to misspeak about what's going on but it's important and Yeah, it's just been another it's just been another heavy week and it was nice to feel like I did something, I guess, ultimately is what it comes down to. So, because I didn't get to go in the first couple days following when protests started and there was something here. So I was pleased to be able to go yesterday. Anyway, I won't get emotional with everyone on the podcast or anything like that. So, yeah. <laughs> that's me so my week was good but exhausting and heavy just like the rest of the world yeah that's just the weight of the world how it goes unfortunately indeed I, uh, I don't know if you saw I pulled so you know we've talked on the podcast about my books and how I haven't ever gotten rid of any of them and I pulled from my bookshelf several books by both African-American writers and about Africa and things like that to like add to my reading list that I'm really excited about and I'm currently reading Things Fall Apart which is by Chinua Achebe which is just really great. I read it in AP English in high school. Did you read that, Jess? Were you in AP English? I was in AP English. Um, I can't remember if I read it or not, though. There okay. were some, uh, I'm not proud of it, but there were some items <laughs> that I never got around to reading for that class. Heard. I never read, like, uh, uh, any of the Jane Austen we were supposed to read. Oh. I'm not sad about it. Oh, I love Jane Austen. That's okay. 
The only Jane Austen I've ever read is Northanger Abbey. And I know that that's like a really weird That is such a weird only one to have read. I know. I had to read it for class and it's the only one I've ever read. Wow. And it sucks. I was like, see ya. It's definitely, I mean, it's her first one ever. So that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise (laughs) me that it wasn't great. See, I had a class in college that was, I mean, she's only got like seven. So I had a class in college that was entirely Jane Austen. Oh my god, are we bragging? I'll brag. So I, I had a class in college them. that was only one book, Katie. Do you want to fight? Okay, no, oh, that's one not author? that's I won't I did definitely one book. not my point. Calm down. What book do you think it was? Your what book the... would you guess had enough going on for a whole class to be devoted to it? Oh gosh. Not from America. I'll give you that hint. Not from America. Yeah. I really don't know. You can't guess in literally all of the world of literature. <laughs> <laughs> Look at an impossible question. It was the Brothers Karamazov. Oh, my Yeah. <laughs> of course, it was something Russian. Oh, my God. It was, yeah. And all we did that whole class was read that one book. It was insanity. I actually have that book in my bookshelf and I have not read that one. I enjoyed it reading it with like an expert telling me everything. Okay. But I think it's one of those books that I wouldn't be able to read by myself. I see. Some books you just need a professional giving you a little background. <laughs> That's fair. That's just how the way of the world, you know? Yeah. Somehow we shifted from talking about african-american literature straight back to white people (laughs) but anyway go us yeah so reading things fall apart currently which is great i mean i'm only a chapter in but it's a very good book and Next in my stack is The Color Purple and Their Eyes Were Watching God. I have Beloved. The Invisible Man. You should get some contemporary books. Yeah, those are not contemporary. You're not wrong. Yeah, those are all, like you said, those are all the school books. You gotta get some new ones. I got a couple of recommendations on the Instagram. (laughs) But yeah, looking for recommendations. I, uh was recommended Becoming by Michelle Obama, but I read that earlier this year, and that book is so good. Uh, But yes, read it earlier this year, so. Yeah. Anyway, do you have recommendations for me, Jess? Um, I'm trying to think, like, knowing, like, what you like to read. I'm trying to think of a good one. You know what? Because I always talk about sci-fi, mm-hmm. N.K. Jemisin, the Broken Earth trilogy. That's some good shit right there. Oh my god. Broken Earth. And she has a new book that just recently came out that I haven't had a chance to read yet. But the Broken Earth trilogy, it's a lot. There are three honkers of books. Okay. So good, though. Really, really good. Okay. I'll look into those. And, you know, still working my way through Gilmore Girls. Mm. I almost started singing the wrong theme song. 
where you lead. I probably just really peeked out the mic. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh my god, this, we're peeking. Carol King just here. I don't know. That sounded. Yeah, Carol King and her daughter. Yeah, they were both just they here. They were both just crazy? here. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Anyway, all right, well, guys, let's uh, get into this discussion, but before we jump into speaking with Chef Chris, we are- We gotta hear from Beth and Tommy. Yeah, we're gonna take a short break and hear a little memories about Distill from our co-founders of Two Week Media, Elizabeth Tomita and Tommy Tracy. You guys enjoy. Hey guys, this is Beth. You may have heard my name mentioned a time or two in the podcast, so shout out Katie for all of the shout outs and making me feel like a celebrity. Distill gave me an appreciation for one of my favorite things, and that's beer. When I first started there, I was an oh my god, beer is gross type of person, and I vividly remember trying an IPA on my first training day and thinking, holy shit, what have I gotten myself into? Like all things though, spend enough time around them and you learn to develop an appreciation for them. IPAs still aren't my favorite thing, but give me one of Distill's Adam beers and you'll be instant family. It's probably the reason I still have an affinity for sours and stouts. My knowledge of beer is such that when incorrect beers were placed in front of us the last time Katie and I went to Distill, I was able to tell something was incorrect just from the color. I swear I'm not completely presumptuous. Just a little bit. Distill Champagne, I will miss you. Not because of, well, you, because you kind of sucked, but because of the memories I made with the people I love. Hey Katie and Jess, who I've yet to meet. Uh, Tommy here, I guess at this point, future guest of the podcast. Uh, I'm here to do a voice message on like a favorite memory of Distill that I had. The one I wanted to tell is like five minutes long, so I'm just going to hit you guys with a little sentimental one that people don't really get from me very often, but I just love all the people that I've come in contact while working there. People that made a, a boy from big city, California, feel at home and, in my opinion, a small town of Illinois when I didn't think I would make friends here or even succeed here. You guys have all been the best, you and Beth especially, uh, Harrison, Dom, Fernando, Michael Lovejoy, Mandy, everyone's been great. Oh my What's God. up? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm dying. Um, update for our listeners. <laughs> Padfoot has pooped in his crate again. In between us recording the intro to this and now. And now it happened again. And as soon as this is over, it will be bath time because heaven forbid... I should rest on a Sunday. It's just not a thing that's going to happen. And for the this week, earlier this week on Thursday, which was a terrible, terrible, horrible day at work, I did go to Binnie's for the first time during all of this. I usually I don't buy booze. Yeah, I usually don't buy anything and like have things in the house because I just don't want it to be here. And... That's how you know it's a bad day at work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had like, a I day. need liquor in the house. <laughs> so I went and I bought some beer. 
And so I may have opened one of those on the break. Because... Oh, boy. She's drunk, everybody. No, no. Katie's no, going to no. start slurring. Oh, hello. Oh, no. This no. This is Katie Legler. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, one beer. One beer. That's all. One beer in. There's a song called Two Beers In by a band whose name I never remember. And every time someone said, oh, I had like two beers, that song just starts playing in my head. I have no control over it. I see. Well. Wow, Katie, thanks for killing the conversation. Hello. (laughs) Apologies. Hi, Chef. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am okay. How are you? I'm pretty fantastic. Excellent. Uh, (laughs) Chef. This is Jess. Hi, Jess. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. You know. Thank you. Of course. Um, We're really excited to have you. You're probably our most professional guest so far. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Uh, You know, no pressure. (laughs) I watch the language and. Uh, but I know Prepare. you have prepared, so this is how, how we do it with every guest. I know you've prepared 10 fun facts about yourself, so if you want to kick us off with those, let's hear a little bit about you. 10 fun facts. Well, firstly, my name is Chris Alwis. I am a cook. Uh, used to be the executive chef at Distill Restaurant. Grew up in Champaign. Um, 10 fun facts. Number one, first and foremost, above everything else in the world is my son, Sullivan. Uh, he'll be 19 years old in about two weeks. I'm a father. Uh, best thing I've ever done with my life. Um, number two, I've been playing the guitar, or I used to play the guitar. I haven't really touched it in a long time. Since I was 13 years old, I uh, thought I wanted to be a rock star. Played in a heavy metal band from the time I was 14 until I was about 23, 24 years old. Had long hair and everything. Um, the band's name was Avatar. Oh. Ooh. Ahead of the time. <laughs> yeah. <on that> uh, <laughs> a wee bit, yes. And actually, as it turns out, there's now a, Sw- I believe, Swiss metal band by the name of, uh, by the same name. Uh, they came out a little while ago, but they're they're pretty big. They've been touring the United States. Oh. But yeah, and then the movie came out and everybody's like, oh, did you name your band after the movie? And no, no. <laughs> before that, I'm, I'm, an old, I'm an old man. <laughs> Uh, but we played a lot of really heavy stuff and it was a lot of fun. I miss those guys immensely. Um, so after the metal phase, I, uh, got into more jazz, like aggressive jazz and, uh, jam music, went to school for jazz studies, started out at Parkland, taking their music class, which I highly recommend. I mean, Parkland's an amazing resource we have here in town. And then, um, went to the U of I for jazz and played in some big bands and, uh, got to sing which was pretty um i don't know i, I think i lucked into that one i like yeah oh, yeah you can sing your dad's choir because you know it's your dad you can't really sing <laughs> but here you go um anyway uh then and so I, you know a lot of that came after not knowing what i wanted to do i changed my major five times um five the fifth time being music uh but uh, yeah and along with a lot of that stuff a lot of my stuff has to do with music because both my parents are professional yeah. musicians um uh, number four was I got to play lead guitar for Tommy, the musical, the the rock opera from Ooh. Who, at the assembly. At, at the assembly, it's like kind of a dream thing for me. I like standing up on stage. Well, I didn't stand up. I stood up to play the riff, but that was about it. And uh, it was really cool to get to play inside the assembly hall like a real rock That's band. That's so cool. And, uh, 
I threw that with some really great friends. Yeah, it was super cool. I was, <laughs> I was a little bit geeked out by that. Um, another musical thing was when I was uh, a young child, I used to fall asleep inside of a. Yeah, that's that one was funny. I like that one. <laughs> My mother is a professional organist. Oh, okay. Um, at seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I put that on there, and I was like, "Yeah, let's see how they this is in Champagne, uh, Springfield, and Prospect." My dad still goes there. He was the musical director and choir director there, um, and uh, my mother was the organist. And they have pass through in the middle of the. And I'm not going to get. In, I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, there's a pass through you can walk through, and um, on the late night services for like Christmas, or if we were there for a choir rehearsal late or something <laughs> like that, I'd take along a sleeping bag and end up asleep on the inside of the pipe yeah. organ. It's pretty amazing, really. It's like a beautiful like, children's <laughs> All the vibrations and stuff. It's super <laughs> yeah. Um, I you know, it could be. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. It was fun. Um, Let's see here. A lot of people are surprised by this one. Uh, I have a severe food allergy to tree nuts, and that includes avocados. I was actually just having a discussion with somebody yesterday about the avocado, trying to figure out why I'm allergic to avocados, because it's more like a stone fruit than it is a nut. But anyway, tree nuts. Yeah, so um, I can go in anaphylactic shock if I eat them. I have like um, kind of a, a skin reaction if I touch them too much without gloves, and, and it's not something that's necessarily going to kill me. It's made me very sick sometimes i have some interesting uh, stories <laughs> in regards to that one of them including one of my brothers but we can talk about that later um <laughs> and then uh yeah so that's that's that uh one of the cool things i've been able to do i've been afforded the luxury of being able to go to two of the top five restaurants in the united states um it was la bernardin in new york city and alinea in chicago um i've been to a lot of really really cool restaurants and and those two by far are uh, there's a reason why they're three michelin stars and some of the top restaurants in the world you just have this completely different aura walking in there it's 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 awesome um and let's see here a, a different one is i have four tattoos um technically i have five one of them is covered up i guess it's not six <laughs> gotcha i have two cover-ups <laughs> so actually i have six tattoos but you can only see four um yeah uh yeah and then uh, i opened crane alley uh, that was another one that a lot of people probably know about me but uh started that with two <laughs> old friends and one of them is still kind of a friend the other one not even close and then um the last one, I love cars. I have this affinity for all things automobile. Um, basically, anything with an engine, I love. Awesome. Uh, I like to go fast. What's like your drive. dream like car? To... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> Perfect. I'll give you three. How about that? I can do three. Yeah. Well, maybe let's do four. I can't see that's the problem. I don't, I don't have a favorite car. Uh, Two of them, two of them are kind of Fords, I guess. One of them would be the new Ford GT, uh, and then the old, old school version of that would be the Ford Shelby Cobra, um, which really was more Shelby than it was Ford. But you know, whatever. That whole movie with the Ford versus Ferrari, that old school AC Cobra. I had the Hot Wheels of that thing and loved it. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, another old school car that I love is the, the Lamborghini Miura. Uh, just it's probably one of the sexiest cars ever made and then the more recent version of that the pagani Waira. um those are yeah 
pretty awesome. awesome. Every day, Porsche 911. Well, Best car uh, ever made. Jumping forward oh. from your facts, yeah. of course, obviously, we know that you've been in restaurants for a long time, but how exactly how long have you been in restaurants? Um, okay. Let's just say since I was 15 years old. Okay. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I don't give away my age. <laughs> Uh, it's been 30 years, so I'm 45. I'll just do it. It's fine. I don't care. I'm proud of it. Um, yeah, so 30 years I've been working in restaurants. Ooh, oh, wow. I was the dishwasher at the Ribeye Restaurant on Neal Street when I was 15 years old. Yep. Pretty uh, pretty crazy oh. thing. Solo dishwasher Uh-oh. Uh-oh. on Friday night. Right. Bye, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. just lost Chris. We're going to fix it, folks. <laughs> we'll, we'll get him back. Hold on. <laughs> Wow, the ribeye did not want him spilling the tea. They shut this down. Apparently. Oh, man. I hope he's not just, like, still talking. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, they don't like this story. I'm getting no responses to this (laughs) one. All right, Katie's going to get that figured out. Let me tell you guys an interesting story. So there was these crows down in Georgia. And there were like 200 of them found dead on the road within the course of a week. And they were trying to figure out what was going on with these crows. They thought it might be COVID related. So they went to check. um, And the crows didn't test for COVID. So they're like, okay, well, let's look a little bit further. So then they decided that it was because of vehicle collisions that these crows were dying. Oh, oh you're back. Chris okay. is back. Oh, that's weird. I just said <laughs> we're talking. All of a sudden, I get a text from Katie. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where do we where do we skip out? Uh, the ribeye, fifteen years old. You were yeah, yes. solo dishwasher on a Friday. Solo dishwasher on a Friday night. That's just kind of what it was. You know, they only ran one dishwasher. Super heavy cast iron skillets that they serve everything on, um, and you got to wash all those, and then you had the I worked my butt off and they uh, saw me doing that and pulled me over into the kitchen and gave me the task of pulling the those cast same cast iron skillets out of the same Blodgett deck oven. That was fun. <laughs> and I still have I probably still have a star or two to show for it. So Oof. Yeah. Yeah. The things we do for the things we love. Yeah. And now here you are, thirty years here later. I am. Yeah. Still loving it. Sure. Uh well so in all this time in restaurants, what has been one of the craziest things that has happened to you? Um most recent probably and, and it kind of goes back to that whole uh Trina allergy was working at the still and I think I was actually in a meeting with the the COO and the director of restaurant operations and uh, some one of the servers came running in. It's like, there's a woman in anaphylactic shock in table eight. Katie knows what table eight is. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, what should we do? We'll call an ambulance, call an ambulance. So um, uh, we went in there and we found out that she had eaten something that she was allergic to. Of course, she didn't tell the kitchen that she was allergic to it. Of course not. <laughs> you know how it goes. Uh, and yeah. I just, you mean you guys just don't know right. that off the top of your yeah, head? Right? I mean, just like, huh. Yeah, I think this one's allergic to pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I think that's what it was. It was like. Oh, this is. Was the server Dom? 
that, and we'd given her some dill pickles and a tartar sauce. So, so. Yeah, I think because I think this was Dom's uh, story when we spoke to him as well. So anyway, I just on of my food and uh, grabbed it and they administered her with the epinephrine. And her, I mean, she wasn't like, I'm dying, I don't think. I'm not a doctor, I'm a cook. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I guess, but uh, crazy. And then the stuff, you know, I mean, things we probably all I've worked in bar. Like I said, I opened Crane Alley, which was basically a bar at night and we kept our kitchen open until two in the morning. And so sometimes I have to close and you see some crazy, crazy things when people are drunk and don't want to leave a bar. Uh, yep. You know, a lot of people growing up all over the place and walked in, oh. walked into the bathroom on people having sex on the counter and, uh, you know, fights. Yeah, fights. I've seen fights break out in kitchens. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's, it's the industry. You have that stuff that all goes along with it, no matter what, where you, what, or where you're at. I will say it's calmed down probably in the last 10 years. It's not nearly as crazy as it used to be. Well, that's something. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, so, okay. So, obviously, so we're focusing this episode on closures. And we've seen, I've seen a couple of other places besides Distill close. Zorba's on campus and Pancheros. But uh, tell me what you can. I know you don't have a ton of information, but tell hey us what you can about Distill Close. Can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Oh no. All right. Continue to get them plugged back in. I'll continue the story about these birds. So, anyway, they find out what these are. Oh, he's back. I caught it that time. <laughs> Katie cut out the middle of her sentence. I'm, like, I'm going to take it off Wi Fi and just try my cell signal now and see if this works any better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you uh, were saying. Yeah. So tell me what you can about. Obvi- like, obviously, I know you don't have all of the information, but tell me what you can about the decision to close the Champagne Distill location. Uh... Short answer, uh, I don't really know much. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's it was this horrible communication. And are you still there? Hello? Okay, yes. I just heard something. I know, sorry. Um, You're okay. <laughs> there was just no communication at all. Like, it was like, just go back in and do it. And then we, um, we tried to run curbside for two weeks. And then after two weeks, we got the noon to... Um, Um, and that's when I got a phone call the next day saying, uh, the, it was that day or that, that night from Justin Kelly, just saying, uh, yeah, so we decided to close down the champagne restaurant. Oof. Uh, we won't need your services any longer. You're, uh, you're ch- you'll, you get your last <laughs> check and then that's it. So that's what I heard. It's like, okay, great. Right. Thanks. Um, thanks for the warning. Thanks for the communication. Thanks for including me on the discussion of what it was. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, that's for, that's why I don't know much more. Um, I still Is have a lot of friends that work okay. there. Um, 
my best friend in the world, Thomas. I mean, he still is managing for them over in Bloomington. He was up. He get, well, he was off for a while and then got called back. And then Joe and Travoy are still working for him. Um, and uh, so I still talk to them. I still talk to MJ. Um, so I still get a little bit of insight about what's going on, um, but not much, <laughs> you know. And and Thomas told me he's like, I they shut off all four. Like once they decided to to shut down and uh, the Champagne location, they completely severed um, email. Um, any kind of scheduling active, but the, um, back off the software that we utilized for checking sales. thing I would have been removed from. Uh, so it was kind of a, a writing, early writing on the wall. So that was about two weeks prior to actually, or a week prior to actually being let go. They were still doing some things over in normal. And then they made the decision to completely shut down Champagne after about a week. Well, this is a thing. Yeah. That's when I posted. Right. I was like, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know well, much more than that, but here's what it is. No, 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 no. We're here. Hello. Well, so that's nuts. So, I mean, they've they've always been great at. Are we there? Like, can you hear me? Well. Okay. They've always been very quick about... Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Okay. They've always been very quick about, you know, cutting off communication or access when when people are, you know, being cut off or terminated or so be it so i that doesn't necessarily surprise me that they were pretty quick to you know cut off email communications and things like that but yeah it's definitely super frustrating i mean did you so did you go on unemployment as a result of the closure Yes, once they uh, completely shut down Champagne, before they actually did the closure, that was part of the discussion. For the full thing, and we won't, you know, do it. It was technically... There's nothing you can really do about it at that point. They made it feel you know, for doing me a favor. Collect on them. So sweet. <laughs> yeah, that they had cut it off. Um, Carlos Nieto reached out to me and said, Hey, I'd like to talk to you. And so we got together and chatted and. Um, got the opportunity to go to work for them doing some contracted uh, like consulting kind of work, um, helping them out with billies and, and getting some things in place out there, some new dishes in place and just trying to update some menus and, 
um, do some work that's kind of hard for just the normal managers to get done. Um, so I'm working with Patrick out there and, and Corey uh, to do some of their stuff. Um, they've got some things on the horizon. We'll kind of hit most of their restaurants uh, over the, it's going to be about a 10 to 12 week period that I'm working for them. After that, yeah. after that, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> so we'll see. Fair. Well, I'm excited to have you in the CMT family, at least for a little bit. Yeah, it's Good nice. To see you. Yeah. Get uh, over the Saints one of these days here. Yeah. They're every day except for Mondays. So right. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let's see. So what have you, so uh, like since you've been, I mean, obviously you're working again now, but since you were off what were you doing to keep busy during quarantine i know you know obviously to still close for a couple of weeks as well so what have you been up to uh heather my girlfriend had me doing quite a bit of yard work <laughs> so, <laughs> we planted a bunch of plants we were we remodeled a bathroom in the house and uh pulled out a bathtub and installed a walk-in shower and laid a bunch of tile and then uh oh, wow. yeah i've been doing some yoga and uh I don't know. Job searching. <laughs> yeah. Just, just having, you know, relaxing. I've, I've been pretty nonstop with my career for 20 something years. I, you know, I don't really, I've never really had a break in between jobs. Uh, there's always been like, I go from job to job to job. Um, I've always stayed in places for a good amount of time, but uh, you know, it's like if I left, when I left Lincolnshire to come to distill, um, there was no downtime. We just, I stopped working at Lincolnshire one day and then a few days later I was working at Distill. So I didn't really take a, a, a break of any sort. Uh, so it was kind of nice having three, four weeks to really not do much. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I bet especially if you've been doing that since you were 15, golly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did the, the, the vacation here and there, but never really a, an extended period of time. So. Right. Yep. A lot of drinking, unfortunately. <laughs> I've been doing a lot well, of <laughs> I feel like you're not alone in that. So. No, no, I know. That's why I felt a little bit better about doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a national pastime. It is. It is. Especially yeah. in central Illinois. True. <laughs> have, well, have you guys gotten any takeout that produced a particularly good experience uh, while you've been off at all? Um. Not in Clinton, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we live in Clinton, so no, not not a whole lot here. We and I haven't really done much of it. I know it's the one nice thing about the job that I do is that I I cook pretty well. Um, True, I did okay Good job point. at it, <laughs> and I've had plenty of time to do that. So, Good uh, point. It's just been nice to be at home and cook, and I don't I haven't really gone crazy and done a bunch of stupid stuff, but it's just you know, uh, yeah, uh, we. Uh, uh, when I was working, when we first started doing stuff for CMT, I was we're doing it with my partner, or a, an old friend, a dear friend of mine, Drew Starkey, who used to own Bacaro and um, was the chef there. And uh, the one memorable thing was getting slushies from Watson's. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah ne- those things are good. Yeah, they are. I had never had one before, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. So he got he got us two different. He got us the Moscow Mule and then the the Wu Tang one. I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, I, I love the Moscow one. Yeah, the, the Moscow one was good. Like it was, yeah. it was balanced and nice. The other one was just too sweet for me. I'm not. I can't do those super sweet things. So, 
That's fair. Their cocktail menu has always been really fun. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Oh, they got a great bourbon selection too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know. So here's this has been a question that I've been probably most excited to ask you, Uh-oh. or most interested in your response, I suppose. So you've posted a couple of different articles over this time that kind of foster different viewpoints on how restaurants are being affected by COVID and how they will remain affected even as the country opens back up. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm wondering how you personally are feeling about the future of restaurants as we begin to, you know, reopen everything across the country. Uh, it's changed over time. I think um, initially I didn't know what was going on. So it was kind of like, Oh God, here we go. What's going on. This is not going to work. This isn't going to be good for people. Um it's it's scary man it's it's really scary um i think that you know the big boys will survive of course they will they have so much money and deep pockets that they'll be able to survive but those those mom and pop places that are just barely scraping by to begin with they're they're gonna be i mean you talked about it earlier with the the closures that we've been seeing and we're gonna see more of that i have a feeling even when people are able to come back this bailout program was was a joke there wasn't, yeah. there wasn't anything for anybody to get. Um, I think the whole dynamic of what dining out and what restaurants are going to be going forward is going to completely change. Um, I think we'll see a lot more movement towards smaller operations, um, less big dining rooms. I think the, the days of the, the di- giant dining rooms like Distill, and, um, you know, those 250 to 300 seat restaurants, they're probably going to go the way of the I don't have a good example. I don't have a good analogy for that one. Anyway, they're not going to be around much anymore. <laughs> I think you, I think you're going to see a lot more focus towards um, small dining. You know, it's like you've got to get more focused on what you do. Um, I think that's what I'm going to look for uh, going forward. You know, for me, as far as my career goes, is like the just a focus on things that you do well. I've always kind of said that though. Like I always felt like the stills menu was way too big. Um, I feel like a lot of those restaurants have menus that are just overwhelming to not only the staff, but to the patrons as well. When you come in and you look at 90, hundred items on a menu, you're just kind of going like, Oh shit. I don't don't know what I want to eat. (laughs) I've got like five, 500 choices here. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I'll pick that one, you know, but how can you do that? Well, Right. It's like, how can you have that much talent in your restaurant that you could actually sit there and make all of those dishes the best of your ability? You can't. Um, I feel like you got to have a small refined menu that you can focus on. But I think that that's going forward after this pandemic is over. I I still don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, it's it's, I think that the response here in the last couple of weeks has been pretty freaking awesome. You know, uh, yeah. just watching the amount of people that are going out and supporting local restaurants has been really cool. I've been out at Billy Baru's a couple of times and they've got their tent set up out there, out in the parking lot and just they're flooded. They've been doing better yeah. sales in the last week and a half, two weeks than they do normally when they're open during this time of year. Their same, uh, their same sales versus last year is better this last couple of weeks than it has been in the previous years, uh, which is yeah, remarkable. I, I was like, wow, yeah. that's, that's freaking awesome that people are coming out and supporting and not, not nervous about what it is. That's a whole different conversation. But, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, from the restaurant viewpoint, I still think that people like going down to out to eat. People like to be out and social. Um, so I think that it's going to, it'll change a little bit, but I don't know that it'll change a lot. We're going to see a lot of, of, um, 
I think the good ones will survive. Like, you know, the, the really good restaurants that were meant to stay open, it'll kind of weed out the, the ones that don't belong anyway. And yeah. I think we'll be pretty good going forward. Yeah, I'll be circling back. Oh, sorry, Katie. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Um, when you're saying <clears throat> like these big, larger dining rooms are going to be sort of going <laughs> by the wayside, is that just because like they're too big and expensive, or are you thinking more like crowd control, like people don't want these big restaurants? Well, I think a little bit of both. Yeah, um, they're they're very hard to operate. They're you you they're a way to make money. I mean, you get more people in there, but when you don't have people coming out, like, you know, they talked about this whole 25% occupancy or the 50% occupancy rule that we were going to, that's our next step for what restaurants yeah. are going to be able to do or whatever. Not, I just don't think that's feasible. Like you, 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 we operate on such thin, small margins that there's no way that a 25 or a 50% margin or, or occupancy is going to do anything for us. Um, we've been super lucky these last few weeks with the weather that we've had. I mean, it's these last couple of days have just been amazing. And then the last couple of weeks have been awesome, but we haven't had any storms. <laughs> we haven't had any inclement weather. I know that we had a little bit of champagne the other night, but, um, yeah. you know, what happens when we get this is great for the summer, but once happens when we get back to the fall and I'm just nervous about all that in general. Um, so yeah, I think that the, the, the giant dining rooms of the past, I just think people want things a little bit more homely as well. So. Yeah. I'm definitely anticipating some change, especially as we go into indoor dining and as it gets hotter in the summer and things like that, you know, I think, I think probably a lot of the community <clears throat> sees restaurants opening up again. And I definitely think that that's perceived as like it being over and like these places that are open right now are going to be open and continue to be open. And I do think it's maybe hard for people to understand that, you know, restaurants do, as you said, operate on razor thin margins and it's so hard to make a profit. And when you're operating, you know, I think Billy's I know, and you know, and saints, have both been set up in in they're so fortunate that they can have so many tables outside and saints has at least as many outdoor tables right now as they have in the front room and the back room so they're still making a decent amount of money but some of these restaurants are operating with significantly less tables than they normally do and are still very in the red Mm -hmm. And so I definitely think there's this perception that because places are open again, it's okay, even though that's so far from the case. Oh, for sure. And, and not only that, but you're running, you know, what I've heard and what it is that you, we're having problems getting people to come back to work. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know? That's the big yeah. thing is like everybody either A, they're scared still and they don't really want to put themselves in that position or B, they're just like making too much money on unemployment or like, are you kidding me? I, I can make, yes. you know, 600, 800 bucks a week sitting at home doing nothing, right. <laughs> you know? And Well, and that's, you know, we've definitely had that at Saints, but there's also like, as soon as Carlos and CMT sent out that email that was like, we're formally offering you your job back. Like once you're turning down that opportunity to work, unemployment has that documentation and can, stop giving you unemployment you know you're turning down an opportunity to work yeah yeah uh i think I, there's a lot of um 
disinformation surrounding unemployment too that we kind of came across when we were rehiring everybody at saints and it was yeah that was that's its own discussion yeah but (laughs) for sure (laughs) there's i guess i just yeah so i i think that i think that distill was a big and surprising hit for a lot of people in the community like i think we maybe understand the reasons that the decision the other reasons that the decision might have been made yeah but i I mean to be honest i'll share a little bit more with you on that front is i don't think that it was a decision that was made necessarily because of strictly financial reasons i think that i think there were other extenuating circumstances to that decision some of which may have been linked to their inability to open up another restaurant in Illinois. I mean, this is completely speculation on my part, um, but it's not unfounded. <laughs> so uh, sure, <laughs> uh, they've been courted by places up towards Chicago as far as going up there. And, and it, it just could be very, very ugly. And for them to just completely pull out that quickly without any notification. And that whole situation was handled very weird. You know, it's like all of a sudden the, the, the champagne website doesn't exist and they're not listed on Google anymore. And their it Facebook so page fast. is like, whoa, whoa, what happened? You know, it's like, I, yeah. you know, I was getting messages from Smile Politely and from the WCIA news and people trying to get me to say things about what was going on. And I'm like, I'm not saying anything. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I still didn't really know anything at that point. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think that it was completely 100% financial from this, that, that aspect, the town supported that restaurant really well. Um, yeah. it was a busy, busy restaurant and people loved it. Um, I, I hope that champagne can get something to that caliber back yeah. <laughs> because we had such a, Me we too. had such <laughs> a, a thriving awesome restaurant scene that was happening and it's just kind of seemed to peter out um over the last year and i don't know what's going on with it but uh, i hope that uh, this is a resurgence i hope that people uh, get to see that we we do have we're lucky to have the the restaurant scene that we have um we'll get something back in there I, i i'm sure that we'll have some really great restaurants spring out of this whole thing yeah i definitely I'm sure, and you know, without the ex- the full explanation from anyone, like obviously we can speculate all we want, but I, I definitely think that has been the biggest hit. You know, Zorba's and Pancheros is one thing, and then, but yeah, Distill. I mean, Distill is at the heart of downtown. It, it obviously holds a lot more people than those other two, but I anticipate a lot more places having to face that reality in the same way. Yeah, for sure. And it's, yeah, just, I mean, just like you said, honestly. So, well, thank you for speaking with us. We have two final questions before we let you go back to your evening and your wine. Okay. Ooh, in vino veritas. <laughs> yes. uh, first question virtual cheers what has been your drink of quarantine so far <laughs> yes yes please <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh, so i i have I've, i have a wine fridge so we've been kind of going delving into that a little bit uh, my girlfriend and i discovered the uh the the bargain bin at friar tuck 
<laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> so okay, now describe exactly where in the store that so we go. To, we, I don't know where the one in, in Champagne is. We, I guess, we live in we live in Clinton, oh, yeah, so we go to the one in Forsyth. But right as you're walking up to the the cash register, there's this giant cage thing that's filled with wine bottles, and it's all like fifty to seventy five percent off wine. So we go in there and we like uh, found Predator Cabernet Sauvignon, which is a pretty nice Napa Cab, and we got it for like seven bucks a bottle or something like that. So we bought like eight bottles of it. Um, Oh, dang! Up while you can, <laughs> uh, and then I, I told like a that one figure out, you know, the, the it's probably the, the um, cheap beer that they drink. You know, like the the diet beer that they drink. Never really had one. I kind of yeah Coors. I was like, eh, mine, um, and it's not really that diet bar. So I uh. Cases 12 packs of stag, hams, old style PBR. I think that's it. And maybe one more. Oh. And did a flavor profile across the board. And like, which one do I like the best? Which one's mine? You know, and oh, of course, was course was in. That's and so funny. I think old style is the winner. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah, old, old style. Nice. PBR was a close second. That's so. Yeah. That's such a fun. It was. Experiment. It's super cool. So we decided <laughs> to ramp it up and do a little bit more. Um, I don't want to say high end, but we were like, okay, well, let's do that now with Hefeweizen. So let's go through the old, the old school Hefeweizen and figure out what our number one Hefeweizen is. So we're going to do that next. Yeah. 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 Awesome. That's but a lot of wine. Yeah. I've been drinking a lot of wine. I'm drinking a really nice one that was recommended to me by a friend of mine who does a wine podcast. Actually. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. very cool. Well, and then so our second uh-huh. question for you. Did oh, the you Harry take Potter the quiz? quiz. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, excellent. What was your Hufflepuff? House? No way. Yes. <laughs> Why no way? I don't. I, I, I don't know what this means at all. Like I've, I've watched, I've watched so, the Harry Potter movies, but I don't really know anything more than that. So amazing. So just. Uh, Jess is also a Hufflepuff. Jess, share with ye. Chef, Hufflepuff house. Yes, Chef. Here's the Hufflepuff house. Uh, it's all about kindness, friendship, and loyalty. Yes, absolutely. That's perfect. So that's what Hufflepuff that's to is a tea. all about. I mean, some people might argue Excellent. the kindness thing, but that's not true. I'm actually a very kind heart. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> listen. People can argue all they want, but right? the test doesn't lie. It's true. It's true. It's true. The sorting hat it's speaks true. the truth. <laughs> all right. Well, Chef, we will let you get back to your evening, but thank you so much for speaking pleasure. to us. My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, absolutely. And sorry about the technical thing. It happens, <laughs> technology and all. Yeah. I think we got it good, figured good. out. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, you have a great evening and hopefully we'll speak to you soon. I'll see yes, you at Saints. Thank soon. you very much. Thanks, Jess. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi, Jess. Hi, Katie. <laughs> well, I just can't believe he was a Hufflepuff, honestly. <laughs> what did you think he was going to be? I was kind of on the Gryffindor-Slytherin line. 
Honestly. Oh, too bad, baby girl. We got him. Yeah. We got him in that health life. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I think, Listen, I don't know. I think that was a great conversation. It was a wonderful conversation. Um, and I wanted to finish my, my little story here. That's oh, yes. been told in several parts. Tell me, tell me. Uh, I, I don't, yes, I don't know how editing, because pulling back the curtain, the Wizard of Oz is not a real wizard. And also, <laughs> we were having some technical issues on this call. So it's probably going to have some editing. So I don't know if this full story will be included, but (laughs) let me continue to the end here where Katie, these 200 dead birds, not COVID related deaths. They're like, okay, we think it's vehicular impact. So they get the birds and they're looking at them and they're finding that 98% of these dead birds have paint samples that are consistent with a motorcycle. So motorcycle paint versus car paint. These are getting hit by motorcycles, 98%. And so they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on with these crows that they keep getting run over by motorcycles and not cars. So they did a study and they go out and when a crow is eating in the road, it has basically like a spotter bird. So it'll be eating and it'll have another crow with it to tell it when a car is coming. And that's the problem. Because any crow can, you know, go, caw, caw. But none of them could say, bike, bike. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, I hate you. Oh, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. (laughs) That's fine, she says. Okay. And And for the other record, I don't know if this is his original joke, but I did first hear that joke on TikTok by username Big Bad Dab. So not my joke, but it got me and like watched Credit it once and I memorized it because it was so funny. Of course. I was like, that's so good, man. Of course. <laughs> Big Bad Dab. Check him out. I don't know anything about his channel. So if he's not funny or if he's like a bad person, <laughs> it might be. He seems like he's a funny, good person. So I don't know. Check him out. <laughs> this one video is worth yeah, it. This all. one video was funny. <laughs> got a million likes people liked it (laughs) excellent i mean that's something right yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) guys before we head off for the day we do just want to take a moment to thank all of you for listening again thank you thank you to thank chris always for taking the time out of his day for joining us and to thank the incredibly talented group behind our theme song have a good time by artist mk nova recording by humbly g and production and instrumental courtesy of origami guys make sure if you like us you head on over to apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts give us a review and a rating and subscribe so that you can listen every time we have a new episode do it just (laughs) do it What's the Shia LaBeouf meme? Is it? Oh, you've never seen Shia LaBeouf just yelling, do it? I guess not. (laughs) Damn, Katie, are you even on the internet? (laughs) (laughs) I that's maybe a good question. I really don't know. Get the net, sis. I will get the net. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, major loser. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like stuck and clueless. Let's get out of here, Katie. Okay, let's get out of here. I have to bathe both of my dogs because of the poop in the crate. So, everybody have a fantastic day.
Thank uh, you guys for listening. Do that. Wash yes, your hands you with listening. warm waters in 20 seconds and soap. And I swear to God, if any of you ever says anything mean or rude to anyone, I'll find you and I'll punch you in the nose. She'll get you. I'll get you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>